Good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Year two, day one, day 366 overall. We're in 1 Samuel chapter one. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for calling us to life in your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Father, write your word on our hearts this morning. Be our God in the coming year. Be our guide through your word today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you see here we're in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Just as much of our first year was spent in and around the life of Moses, Moses and Joshua, the second year we're going to be covering a lot of the life of David. So 1 Samuel, we're going to get up to the anointing of David, and then 2 Samuel, David is king, and then, uh, so we'll have a lot of David in year two, but let's begin with 1 Samuel chapter 1, and uh, the calling, the birth, first of all, of Samuel the prophet, uh, a supernatural birth, uh, some parallels between this birth and the birth of Jesus, which we just got done celebrating. Uh, so, 1 Samuel chapter 1. There was a certain man of Ramath Zophaim in the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on, year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Then Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow, saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant, and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Then Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord. 
I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him, only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bowl, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. First Samuel chapter 1. So uh, this is one of several places where we see in the Old Testament that God allowed for men to take multiple wives for bigamy, polygamy, but he never blessed it. It was never his command and it always came with consequences. I just want to point that out. You can read the Old Testament very thoroughly and carefully. You'll find out God never commands men to take more than one wife, and he never really blesses it. It always brings consequence. Here, the consequence is that you have two wives who are rivals to one another. They shouldn't be rivals to each other for their husband's affection. One has children, the other one doesn't. Uh, this is echoes of Jacob with Rachel and Leah, where Rachel is loved by Jacob but has no children. Leah is not as much loved, but she has children. Here, Elkanah clearly has a tender place in his heart for Hannah. He gives her a double portion. He really loves her, but she has no children. And Elkanah uses that, or Peninnah uses that to provoke her and to distress her. And, you know, there there is a natural desire, longing for women to have children. There's also a very practical thing. We saw this in the book of Ruth. You know, the time may come when uh, Elkanah may die and Hannah would be left alone. And certainly Peninnah and her family doesn't look like they're going to be, be in a position to want to take care of Hannah, at least not in any sort of 
real way. And so without children, without sons, she's kind of left vulnerable. But she's going to have to trust the Lord because she ends up dedicating the child that God gives her to the Lord, which shows her faith in the Lord. So she's distressed. And in her distress, she goes to the Lord and prays. This is a great lesson for us. When we are in distress, what might we do? We might eat more food. We might shop more. We might binge watch something on streaming. We might, you know, distract ourselves. But when we're distressed, we should go to the Lord. We should pour out our heart before him. We should lay bare the complaint of our heart, the longing of our souls before the God who made us and who loves us and who cares for us so deeply and so profoundly. And that's what she does. She goes and she's so earnest. She's so uh, consumed with pouring out her heart to the Lord that Eli thinks she's drunk. Here's this woman who's shaking and who's kind of muttering and who's kind of, she seems like a drunk woman. But no, she says, I'm not drunk. I haven't had any wine. I am pouring out my heart to the Lord. This reminds me of what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples and they were accused of being drunk and it wasn't, it was the spirit. And so we should at times be so caught up in our love for the Lord, in our desire for the Lord and pouring out our hearts in worship to the Lord, um, that, that it, it moves us deeply. We shouldn't be cold. We shouldn't be abstract. Sometimes as, as Presbyterians, we get the reputation for being the frozen chosen, right? Who stand stalwart and who say, we have the proper theology and the proper understanding of the word of God. And we're not moved in our hearts. The proper theology, the proper understanding of God should move our hearts to worship him in spirit and in truth. Not all the time, not just emotionalism for emotionalism's sake, but our emotions should uh, be there because we should be truly pouring out our heart to the Lord. Um, and so she's worshiping the Lord and Eli says to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. Here's Eli, who's the high priest, and who blesses her and, and, and intercedes for her. her. Her high priest is interceding for her. And isn't that a picture of Jesus? Our high priest, who sits at God's right hand, and who ever lives to make intercession for us. And so, this is Eli in his high priestly role, interceding for this godly woman. And in time, the Lord remembered her. The Lord heard. The Lord turned. The Lord had pity on her. Not that the Lord had ever forgotten her. This remembered, when the Bible says it, is a covenantal remembering, a, a gracious remembering. It's, it's a gracious turning of the Lord to do, to do good to someone, to bless them, uh, and to favor them. And so Samuel <clears throat> is given to Hannah. And then Hannah, after she weans him, gives him to the Lord. She keeps her vow. She does keep the boy with her until he's weaned because, I mean, what's Eli going to do with a baby? <laughs> can you imagine going to this old guy who's the high priest? Here's a six-month-old baby. Hope you can take care of him now. He, she waits until he's weaned. That is wise. Um, and then I love this last line of chapter one, and he, that is Samuel, worshiped the Lord there. You see, Eli's own sons are not good guys. We'll find this out later, but they are, they are not good and faithful priests. But now Eli's been given this surrogate son, Samuel, who will be faithful and who will serve the Lord well. 
So provide the Lord provides for Hannah, the Lord also provides for Eli, and provides for his people. The Lord is always gracious and is always providing for all of our needs. Well, it's exciting to begin a new year together reading God's word. Let's pray and ask the Lord to just continue to grow us this coming year. Father, thank you for this new book of 1 Samuel in a new year, uh, a new chapter in the story of God's people as we turn to anticipate the coming of David. And uh, Father, we thank you for the greater son of David, our Lord and Savior, our great high priest, the one who remembers us before you always, the one who prays for us without ceasing, the one who is a blessing to us beyond measure. Grow us in our love for Jesus this year. Grow us in our obedience to you and your word, in our faithful devotion. And may that be heart and soul and mind and strength to you this year through your word and by your spirit, by your grace and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me on this first day of the new year. Hope your year's off to a good start, and I hope to see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. Have a blessed day in the Lord.